Mark's actually a really, really great guy. I, I, I can't tell you how appreciative I am the fact that I can like literally pick up the phone and call him. <laughs> he calls me and it's it's awesome. Mark was a 1997 US investing champion. And one of his posts one day on social media, is he says the key to successful trading is to manage risk in relation to reward and have a mechanism that gauges when the reward is not paying for an acceptable level of risk. Then you adjust your exposure and trade accordingly. This is the holy grail. There's a lot of techno babble in that, right? And I'm gonna have some techno babble in today's training, but I will try and break this down as simple as possible. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there traders, you're about to take a free lesson from the 10 minute trading room that's available for members only. And I mean that, this is only gonna be up for one week. After one week, the only way for you to see this is to become a member of the 10 minute trading room. This is pretty awesome. I actually have a huge bonus for you. I have $5,488 worth of free trading education for you. And I'll tell you all about that at the end of this podcast. So strap in, get some notes, get ready for it, because you only have one week to watch this entire lesson, and then it's going to be gone forever, unless you're a member of the 10-Minute Trading Room. Hey there, good morning, traders. I am excited to be here. I'm excited that you are here. Um, you know, this is something different. I, uh, I've been a little bit nervous about this, actually. Couldn't sleep too too well last night. Getting all excited about this. This is this is weird. It's, uh, it's a live trading course that we are going to present today. So this is not a podcast per se, but this is actually a, a course that we are putting together and we are doing it live. So if you're finding that interesting, I'd really appreciate you letting me know. Uh, in the chat box, uh, this should be on everything out there. Uh, please make sure you type in um, where you are from, who you are. I see we've already got a couple people putting their uh, their chat information in. Louise, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm excited to do this. So this is something, like I said, I've been putting together for a while. I've had a lot of people asking me like how to side-by-side -side do all of the backtesting and everything that I do. And I was like, well, let's just put it together. Hey, Louise, from Houston, Texas. Hey, man, I'm just up the road from you. I'm uh, north of Dallas right now. So yeah, good to see another fellow Texan. Thanks for coming on, man. All right, so let's do this. I'm going to begin, give a couple extra minutes to let people roll in. Ron, how are you, sir? From Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, perfect. We're getting lots of people coming in now. Perfect. All right. We've got Kiran Kumar from Atlanta. How are you, sir? And... We have Victor from Lima, Peru, joining us live. Thank you all for coming on. We got a huge, huge event planned for today. I'm uh, super stoked that I can be here with you. Yeah, it's funny. So, like, I, I was nervous about this, just like the first time I was nervous to be on TV. I was. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I was on TV. I was like sweating bullets, right? Like drenched. Like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing. And my publicist at the time, she's like, "Listen, Chris." It doesn't matter what you say, right? You can be right. You can be wrong. It's just your opinion. And that's okay. And that made a huge difference to me, right? 
So what I'm going to be sharing with you is uh, things that I've learned and I'm going to give you my opinions. And I hope, hope, sincerely hope that you find this super useful. Mike, thank you so much for coming on and watching live. I appreciate it. Thank you everybody for coming on and watching live. Um, let's, let's do this. Let's start the lesson content here. And as we're going, this is super critically important. If you have questions, this is a very open Q&A session that we are going to be doing. If you have questions, please put them in the chat box. If I miss your question, when we go on to another section, spam that chat box again, because I don't want to leave anyone hanging. I want to make sure I cover all the topics in extreme detail so you know exactly what we're talking about. All right. So let's do this. We are going to show you exactly today how to discover, how to easily discover proven backtested winners over 100% before your very next trade. And this is without being stuck in front of a trading screen all day. And yes, 100%, this was meant to be as clickbaity as possible. <laughs> Without a doubt. Now, I do very much intend to fulfill on this promise. Uh, but before we get too far into the promises, I do have to run a legal disclaimer. Disclaimer, of course. This is saying that, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you my best effort, but in no way, shape, or form is this something that uh, I would suggest that you trade on because legally, I can't tell you that. But of course, I will share with you information that I have found to be very useful, and I want you to learn from it as best that you can. And again, before we get too much further, let me know in the chat that you're here, and let me know in the chat where you're from. I appreciate that, because that's going to make this so much better to have the audience participation. All right, on today's agenda, we have three key points we're going to hit. Number one, why in the world? What I spend my time backtesting a strategy. Number two, the right and wrong way to backtest. And number three, finding out of control winners and avoiding big losers. I don't know where I heard that phrase from, out of control winners. But boy, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, I want some of those. I don't want these out of control losers. That's, that's, that's no fun. No, thank you. Let's have out of control winners. All right. So first things first. Before we get too much further, I will be showing you how to get $5,488 worth of trading education for free. We'll cover that later on. So my friend, Steve Burns. Uh, Steve is an incredible trader. He uh, has been on my podcast several times. And right now, uh, during the podcast, while this is airing, I have been running a series on one of Steve's books. Steve has written, gosh, I don't know, probably 20 trading books at one at some point. Uh Two of them have been incredibly impactful on me. One of them is called New Trader, Rich Trader. Probably one of the best trading books that I've ever come across. And the other one is um, he co-wrote it like a, a second edition with Nicholas Darvis. And this is called How I Made $2 Million in the Stock Market. I've read this book probably six or eight times. And as you can see, like I like to ruin my books when I read them. The thing that really got me on this one the how I made $2 million in the stock market was it doesn't have to be hard. You know, a lot of trading people out there will tell you, uh, you know, you have to sit in front of a trading screen all day. You got to do your homework. You got to look at thousands and thousands of charts on the weekend. I disagree with that. 
And the, what tipped me off to that was inside of this book, Nicholas Darvis, he was a dancer, you know, like performed in the Nutcracker and stuff like that. And he was literally traveling the world dancing and he would get his market updates by telegraph and newspaper. And so he wasn't in front of a trading screen like ever. In fact, there was one point where he moved to New York to be closer to the action and it ended up working against him. He was making poor choices and he's like, I gotta get, I gotta head out to Paris. So he moved back to Paris, kept dancing and kept trading the way that he knew how to trade and was making tons of money. And one thing that Steve told me during our time together was he said, you need to find a quantifiable edge in your trading. Quantifiable meaning it's math-based, right? It's not lines on, like you're not drawing shapes that actually don't exist, right? You're not drawing a flag or a pennant or a cup and a handle. That one drives me crazy, cup and handles, because like you can look at, you can look at the same exact price chart and 10 different people could find 10 different patterns inside of that and trade it 10 different ways. What Steve was trying to convey to me here that, I don't know, he probably told me 50 times before I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Your edge needs to be quantifiable. It needs to be math-based. It needs to be something where you can replicate it over and over and you can replicate it in the data. I mean, when's the last time that you saw a bear flag pennant upside down triangle inverted staircase handle inside of a price, right? Inside of the price being $123. But you actually can quantify these, right? And what really got me was when Steve said, yeah, I used to trade that way too. But then I realized that I wanted to make money. <laughs> I was like, Daggum, Steve. <laughs> Hit me right in the throat on that one. I appreciate it. Thanks. So yeah, sometimes you... I don't know if you're like me, but apparently I have a really, really hard head. And uh, it took me a while to figure out what he was saying. But when I did, the light bulb clicked on and I was like, whoa, okay, that makes sense. And hopefully today I can click that light bulb on for you. My friend Mark Minervini, oh man, he and I were chatting on the phone the other day. And uh, it just going back and forth. And he was all, all worked up about his uh, CNBC interview. And uh, Mark's actually a really, really great guy. I, I can't tell you how appreciative I am the fact that I can like literally pick up the phone and call him. <laughs> he calls me and it's, it's awesome. Mark was a 1997 U.S. investing champion. And one of his posts one day on social media, is he says the key to successful trading is to manage risk in relation to reward and have a mechanism that gauges when the reward is not paying for an acceptable level of risk. Then you adjust your exposure and trade accordingly. This is the holy grail. There's a lot of techno babble in that, right? And I'm gonna have some techno babble in today's training, but I will try and break this down as simple as possible. What he's saying is if you're going to take risk, you need to be paid for that risk appropriately. If you ever find that the risk is no longer paying you appropriately, adjust. And that adjustment may be getting out of your position, changing your position, 
um, adding to your position, whatever the case is. But at some point in time, you have to determine quantifiably if this is or is not working for you. And in the time frame that you need, right? Because if you're expecting a stock or hoping a stock, because at the end of the day, if you don't have a strategy, you're just hoping. If you're hoping a stock goes up $5 and it goes up $5, but it's six years from now, that's not a very good, what's the word I'm, I'm thinking of here? It, it, the risk return to time relationship is broken in that case. And with these strategies we're going to talk about today, you can actually Im import a time element to this so that you'll know if it's working and you also know if it's not working. And then you can know how to adjust. So let's get into our first section here. Why in the world would I spend my time backtesting a strategy? So when I first learned how to trade, I had to do it on an iPad and I would pull it out from under my desk at work. And uh, if you've listened to the podcast at all, you know the story. And I'd only have like 10 minutes a day to get all my trades in. And I wasn't going to be able to sit out, you know, put up my iPad on my desk and just like go to town, you know, measuring charts and doing all this stuff and making up different signals and shapes or whatever on a chart. And I realized very quickly, if I was going to be a trader, I would have to find tools, strategies, and tactics that worked fast. And part of that time that I spend is backtesting a strategy. And I do that before I enter indie, any and every trade. And it will tell me if I should or should not get into it. I was just talking to uh, one of the Benzinga people the other day. You know, I work with them. And uh, he was saying, you know what, Chris? If I had backtested this trade that I just lost all this money on, I wouldn't have got into it. And I was like, yeah, I know. Because you can do that. And it takes like five seconds. Don't believe me? I'm about to show you. Now, the reason you'd want to backtest the stock is so you can see or so you can expect what the stock should do. It's not fortune telling. It's not trying to be predictive, but it's trying to understand that quantifiable edge we talked about and how that edge should be acting. And if that edge is not acting the way that it should, as Mark was talking about, you have the opportunity to adjust. So you know when it should be working and you'll also know when it's not working. So here is a stock I, I'm currently in, full disclosure right now, PG. I got in at 146.48. Now, this is not a trade recommendation. This is just an observation showing you how it works. So in the strategy that I'm using, put down here, using the 10-day moving average as my trailing stop. And I've taken off all the moving averages on here completely. So the only thing you can see is price, which are the bars, and the back-tested results, which are pushed out into the future. What you see here, the thick blue line, that's the average result. The blue cloud around that thick blue line is the bottom 25 percentile 
and the top 75 percentile. So what this says is that basically based on the criteria that I entered into this back test, we should see results that fall into this area. As you can see, we are having results that fall into this area. And then I know, because when I trade, I add to winners. Losers average losers. That's a, a saying out there, and I, I, I hope that's not something you do. But when you have a trade that's working, you need to press on the gas pedal when it is working for you. So I can see, hey, this line, this expected move, is not just going through my entry point, but also to the next two places that I want to buy. So if I'm buying one unit here, whether that's one share, 100 shares, one contract, whatever you're doing. If I'm buying one unit here, I can add another unit here. And I can add another unit here. And all the while, as long as it's continuing to move in the back test like it's showing, these results are somewhat expected. Now, I know you're probably thinking, Chris, what platform are you using to do all this? This is not a sales pitch, but I'm just going to tell you it's trendspider.com. If you use the code 10 minute, like I said, not a sales pitch, take it or leave it. Uh, you will get uh, their biggest discount matched to this code because I'm one of their partners. So uh, whatever their best promo is out there, if you use the code 10 minute, it will at least match that or better. So yeah, uh, if you also want to do this, go check out Transpire. But I'm also about to blow your mind. <laughs> Maybe you've been taught that markets are efficient right? There's an equal likelihood of the stock going up as going down. And while I agree, anything can happen, right? Markets are not efficient. And I'll prove it to you. An efficient market theory person would say what we just did on this chart here, by taking the price and watching it as it goes through the back test, showing where it should go based on these criterias can't be done. That's what they would tell you. They'd say, no, price movement is random. Explain to me how this randomly went up in this random cloud that I just randomly decided to put on. I don't think you're going to be able to. But that's also why we do this is because we're finding the edge, right? When someone says this can't be done, I don't know about you, but in my family, that's more like, let me show you. I'm going to show you how. My uh, my great-grandfather, in fact, lived in Oklahoma. Don't ask me why. But he wanted to grow tobacco. And uh, the story was, someone was like, you can't grow tobacco in Oklahoma. And he's like, watch me. <laughs> he did. And while I'm not growing tobacco, I'm trading stocks. I mean, the proof is in the pudding here. When an efficient market theorist says it's random, market prices can't be predicted. I agree, they can't be predicted. But you could, sure as hell, put this up on a chart and show that, hey, you know what? Based on our historical results and the strategy, the stock could work this way. And when it does, you can prove them wrong. 
So the efficient market theory, you know, states that everything trades at fair value all the time. It's impossible to find undervalued stocks. Fundamental or technical analysis is not useful, right? But then you have people like, I don't know, Warren Buffett. I don't know, billionaire hedge fund manager, Paul Tudor Jones. Peter Lynch from uh, Fidelity, right? Running the Magellan Fund. They've always beaten the market. And it's not that these, you know, handful of people were lucky. No. It was that these handful of people understood how the market works. And they didn't come up with a theory about how they think it should work. So going back to the efficient market theory, when they talk about how it, it should move, right? The, the uh, market prices are random. They generally give a uh, a standard deviation, a uh, a bell curve. That's what I was thinking of, right? And the bell curve says, hey, there's a 68 percentile that moves inside of this range here. Sure. But if it moves outside that range, that's outside an expected move. Okay. But what if instead of saying, you know, that the expected move should be in this range. What if instead we said the expected move would look like this range? What if instead we said, instead of it going straight and the price being unchanged, the back tests show it's more likely to be this range. I hope that light bulb just clicked on in your head because I explained this to someone one day. Uh, I was literally drawing on a window with a, a, a dry erase marker. And I was like, listen, the efficient market theory says this should happen. But when I run these back tests, it's like I've changed the way that this standard distribution should go. It's like I have completely upended the quote theory of efficient markets and said, oh, you know what? Based on this, the strategy that I can quantifiably measure, instead of it going sideways, it's almost like it's going to go up. And then only if it breaks down, does it move outside of this expected move? Here's another example. AMD. An efficient market theorist would say, hey, you know what? This is an outsized move. And so therefore, this is, you know, unexpected and unpredicted and unusual. But what if you were on my side of the team and you're like, oh, no, this looks appropriate. No, this can't be done. Oh, actually, you know what? That, that move kind of does make sense. You see why and how that this works. It's crazy. It is literally crazy when you can upend, and trust me, I want this to spread as far and wide as possible to get as many people out there knowing exactly the power of this and saying the efficient market theory, you know what? It doesn't apply. Because I can do that and say, oh, yeah, this is working efficiently when I use this strategy. Maybe that's the way you can look at it. I do have some questions in the chat, and I appreciate that. 
uh, like I said earlier, if you are watching this and you have questions, please put them in the chat. I want to make sure that I cover all the questions because this is super important to me as we're building out this course that I answer your questions. That way, as we go forward, you have a better understanding and all of the other people who are watching this have a better understanding because of the questions you ask. So thank you for that. So give me two seconds here. Let me take a, a sip of coffee. I uh, have this great mug I got for Christmas. It says, I like my coffee on the dark side with Darth Vader. And uh, yeah, it's super black coffee. Like it's so black that it leaves like marks in the cup. That's how black it is. Okay. Louise. Who does, or wait, no, sorry. How does, I see that. Thank you for that. For a second, I was like, who does what? No, you're right. So how does <clears throat> supply and demand work with the back test? Supply and demand is nothing more than the price of the stock. If there is demand for that stock, price will go up. If there's not demand for that stock, the price will go down. What we're trying to encapsulate here is that if the move happens using our strategy, what can we expect our strategy to perform as, right? It's not the efficient market theory that says, you know, based on today's price, if it's $100, it can only be $100 as our midpoint going forward. It can actually be $100 skewed this direction to the, uh, oh, this direction to the upside. Thank you for that, Louise. Please keep them coming. Brian, yeah, that is good coffee to tell you. I'm glad my teeth haven't been stained. Actually, I uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, okay, funny story. Side note, right? Personal personal note here. I uh, when I first started the podcast and going on TV and whatnot, I was really, really, really sub sub or self conscious about my teeth, and um, so I spent a lot of time like teeth whitening. I actually have these teeth whitening gels that I keep on my desk. And uh, one of those like UV light things that plug into uh, a USB port. And yeah, and uh, I tell you, when I look in my coffee cup and see the stains that it leaves, I'm like, oh, geez, I hope that's not on my teeth. I better better wash this down real quick with some water. <laughs> so yeah, totally off topic. Sorry. What is your criteria for your trend spider testing 5, 10, 20 day rules? I tell you, we actually are going to get into that uh, in either the second or third section. I'm going to show you exactly what strategies I use. And we will live test different strategies so that we can get an idea of what um, you might use, right? And if you're using a different strategy, please be sure in the chat box to um, put that down below so I can incorporate that. Speaking of incorporating things, how about some live examples? All right. So we're gonna go straight into Trend Spider, which I thought I had up, hang on. There it is. Make sure you can see my screen. Cool. All right, so we'll just look at this one real quick. I'm gonna take off everything, really break it down to just be price. Okay, no fancy lines, no fancy indicators, nothing like that. This is another one that I'm in, CVS. I am following the ten, the five-day exponential moving average. The way that I do that is, and like I said, not 
a sales pitch for TrendSpider, but it is what I use. So I'm going to show you how to use it. And if you have a different service that you use that you can do this, go for it. So I just click the strategy tester. I have all of my stuff built in as like templates. So I can just click it once and it'll load. So we're going to say the price when it closes above the five day moving average entry. That's the entry point. When it closes below the five day moving average exit point. Click run. Oh yeah, this one needed one more day. Uh, hang on, let's get a different one. Sorry. There we go. I'll show you what I mean by one more day. When it closes above that, in fact, let me add the five so you know what I'm talking about. When it closes, there you go, hang on. Sometimes I gotta click around for the settings so you can see them easier. Sometimes when it closes below the five day, but hasn't closed back above the five day just yet, it needs one day, one, one day cycle in order to make this back test plottable is the way you can look at it. Uh, it will show out like this in the future when it is an open position right now, when it is open to say that this back test is valid and working. Um, and then something like, uh, let me pick like a Chinese stock Baidu. Right, because Baidu is below that five moving average, it's not plotting on there. Let's go back to CVS. All right, so actually this is a pretty good lesson as well. So I got in CVS yesterday, 95.55. Right now it's opening lower than that, but I have no stress because I'm only gonna move on the close and I'm only gonna move on the close if it's below my trailing stop, so even though it opened up lower, it's like it's like every trade you put on, you need to leave that margin of error because at some point you're going to get it on and it works right away and there is no margin. You're fine. It just goes off. But every once in a while, like this one, you leave a little margin of error, give it some room to breathe, and then it should be good to go. Should be, but you can't always expect that. All right, back to our example. We'll look at Under Armour. So this one, I'm using the five-day. Remember, the criteria I put in is over the five-day, under the five-day. That's the only criteria, nothing else. And we can see right here that if, so this is the entry point, 21.45. If I was an efficient market theorist, I would say, hey, you know what? That's our starting point. So it can only move, you know, one standard deviation in either direction. If it does, then it's an outsized move, and that's just impossible. Or you can trade like this and see the power that a back test has where you can see, you know what? Hey, not only is this moving in the direction that I need it to see, but it's actually a little bit outperforming it. That's pretty good. And you could literally go stock by stock by stock and repeat the process over and over and over. And listen, if it doesn't work and it falls down and it goes down, that's life. That's how trading goes. But this is where you can quantify the edge, like we talked about. You can literally say, oh, remember how the tagline was find 100% winners? Here's a 200% winner. And let me, let me just explain something on this real quick. So when I run my back test, I use 1,000 candles. So 1,000 periods. 
the price of the stock during that time has gone up 1300%, which is amazing. But you have no control over that. What you do have control over is the price of your backtest or, or the return and strategy that you're using. So in this case, if you use this strategy, you'd have had a 209% winner. In fact, I just did this one the other day on a stock that I was gifted uh, when I graduated college. Yeah. So Samuel Adams was one of my first stocks ever. I actually have the paper certificate on my wall right over there. Um, back a few months ago, during the hard seltzer craze, Sam Adams was trading at $1,300 a share. Now it's trading at $400 a share. So I know you're probably thinking like, oh, that's just terrible. Why would anybody want to trade that? But if you followed this strategy, you would still be up 114%. The stock cut in half. But your strategy, because you got out when it was going down, still netted you 114%. An efficient market theorist would like blow their lid at that. No, that's not possible. Sorry, dude. So I hope you're finding this useful. If you are, do me a favor in the chat box. Um, tell me something that you're finding useful in this. Maybe something you haven't heard before and any questions that you have, because we're about to move into the next section. And I want to be sure that I give you the due justice that, that you deserve for showing up for this. So thank you for that as well. Really appreciate your time and your attention. Because our next section, we're going to be talking about the right and wrong way to backtest. And yeah, there is a wrong way. So any strategy can work, but not every strategy works. Any strategy can work, but not every strategy works. I repeat myself because maybe your strategy is trading on a 520 EMA crossover. Any strategy can work but not every strategy works. Meaning that it may work great in Apple stock, but it may be awful, terrible, no good, very bad in Google stock or in Facebook stock. So every strategy or any strategy can work but not every strategy works. And that's where you have to be adaptive to your strategy and your stock. Because if you're not adaptive, then you may put on a, a strategy that works for uh, for one and just completely doesn't work for another. Should be a great example of that in just a second here. Uh, Brian had a question. I appreciate everyone in the chat who is throwing in questions. Please be sure to do that. Uh, Brian asks, oh, I can't say, hang on. How did the expected future blue sec how do you get it? Oh, it's super easy. Um, let me go back to TrendSpider. When you run the back test, if this is still valid as of today, it will go ahead and plot it on there for you. Like literally 
automatically. So I'll hit strategy test. There's nothing there but one, one line, which is the five day. Hit the five. So remember, enter above, exit below, hit run. It shows you the data that you would need. And it also plots that out in the future if this trade entry would still be valid. Now, there are some interesting points about this, right? This has a 38% win rate here. I got a whole section on that in a minute. But let that sink in here. This has a 38% win rate and returned 114%. It's probably the opposite of what every YouTube ad guru that you've ever heard saying right there. So, Brian, thank you so much for that question. If you have questions, please be sure to drop them in the chat. I want to make sure that I answer all questions as we go through this. So uh, back to this, like we were saying, any strategy can work, but not every strategy works. Even the best strategy will fail if the market's falling. A rising tide lifts all ships. But I heard this amazing quote, a rising tide lifts all ships, but a falling tide shows who's swimming naked. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you don't know what your plan is going to be, uh, it'll catch you. It'll cut you big time. It'll cut you. How's that sound? It'll cut you big time. So start with what you're already using and then adjust. So if you're already using like a 10-day moving average, just adjust it. If you're using a 20-day moving average, adjust it. See what happens. But there is a wrong way to do that. Making sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's look at my notes, making sure that is something I do cover. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's first look at a MACD example. Okay. So MACD is a really popular indicator. Uh, I used to trade on it. I don't anymore. But that doesn't mean it won't work for you. So let's do this. Let's clear the results here. I'll just turn it off, turn it back on. And let's go to... Let's go to SPY, SPY. This is the S&P 500 ETF. Strategy tester. So we're gonna build this from scratch. So you add parameter, condition. In this case, it's an indicator. You can type in MACD. You can scroll, but it's easier to just type in MACD. Signal line. I don't even know. Uh, let's say it crossed up. Indicator. MACD. Put a MACD on the chart so you know what I'm talking about. MACD. So the MACD signal line is the blue. The MACD line that it says there is the yellow. And typically the way people trade this is if it crosses over like here to enter when it crosses below like here to exit. That's what we're trying to convey here. So that's what we're putting in in like simple code, right? This is not hard, difficult code. This is just simple code. So the parameter for exit. So we put in our entry. Let's put in our exit. Add parameter, condition, indicator, 
Let's type in MACD. Signal line. We said crossed up earlier. We're going to say crossed down now. Indicator. MACD line. So the signal line crosses below the MACD line, like I just talked about. Hit run. Cool. All right. So this one says, and you can see actually it does plot it out in the future. Uh, and I may have totally done it wrong, but it's just an example here. The future of this one is not looking super bright. This is actually looking pretty sideways to me. So that's a huge red flag. In fact, you know what? I'm sorry. Let me make this bigger. Yeah. So that's a huge red flag to me. Because when I look to put on a trade, I need to see it going not just at my entry point, but what we talked about earlier to the first and second adding points for me. But it does show historically to have a 23% uh, cumulative return over the last... Uh, so when you put on chart, this does the last year. So over the last year, it has actually a pretty awesome return, 23%. You could change this to 1,000 candles, 22%. But look at that. I, this was unexpected. Look at that experience. All right. I am so glad that we stumbled across this one. Would you trade that? Type in the chat. Would you trade that? I wouldn't. If I knew that my strategy, it may have a cumulative positive return. But if I knew that it looked like that, there's zero chance that I'd trade this. Very, very surprising on this. Louise says, no way, Jose. Uh, you know, habla un poco de español. Victor says, not a chance. That's the point I'm trying to make here, right? I'm not saying MACD doesn't work. And that's what I was trying to get across earlier. Every strategy can work, but not every strategy works. This may work awesome on... Who else? Let's try Netflix. I'm just from Jeopardy music. Uh, wouldn't trade out there. You can see basically what it does is it takes this chart down here and plots it out onto the price chart, making it really easy to see what's going on. Let's look at Nike. No, this is not something I would trade. But you know what? If you traded MACD and you back tested it and you're like, oh no, we got a problem here. This may have a positive expected return. I don't know how. But if this is your average move, I don't know how those two work together. Where you could have a positive return and a negative expected move. But yeah, this is not a strategy I would trade. Brian. Also in the chat saying, yeah, no, exactly. Can you combine with five and 10 day or is it too many rules? No. Yes. No, not too many rules. Yes, you can do it. So let's say, let's, let's add to this, right? Let's say, okay, 
It does have a positive expected return, but the move shows to be not positive. Maybe let's add a parameter. Let's say let's add when price is closed, so like the ending period is greater than uh, the indicator of the 50-day moving average. So this just tells you, hey, if it's in a bull market, only do this. We won't use that for an exit signal. We're only going to say it has to be above the 50-day. In fact, give me a second here. I'll add it to the chart. Right there. And I apologize if I... I'm going to have to leave these indicators up here for a minute. Uh, if I close this, then all of our work goes away. I don't want that. So if the MACD signal, the signal stays the same, but the criteria has now changed. So it can only happen if it's above the 50 day. Hit run. So at 89% before, it actually got worse. 43% return in this condition. Yeah, no. That's our MACD example. I'm not saying MACD doesn't work. I'm saying you got to start where you are and then adjust. Let's go to an RSI example. One of the times where I thought it was a genius and then turned out to be so wrong was trying to trade with RSI. And when I say so wrong, I had heard, I didn't do any testing or learning. It was just one of those times where it maybe, maybe you've done this too, where it's like, oh, I heard that if you buy something when the RSI is over 70, then it's like automatically going to come down and you can make so much money going short. Uh, that's not necessarily true especially when you do it like on the S&P, because that's where I did it. I was like, yes, awesome. So if it goes above 70, then I can short it. And then when it comes back down below 70, I'll have made all this money. Ah, I wouldn't say that that's true. But in my mind, based on what I heard, like a rumor out there, that's what I figured. Oh, this has to be true. No, no. But let's do a back test. Let's say in fact, let's do the opposite of this, right? Instead of going short, just to keep it simple, remove all annotations. We're going to find a point where it was below 30, which uh, we're going to have to use something else. This be in the market. It doesn't usually come down that hard. McDonald's, MACD, Big MD, MCD. At some point, it'll come up. <laughs> there we go. Just totally guessing. I don't know if this one's going to have... See, what I'm looking at down here is I'm trying to find a point where it goes below the 30. Actually, let's look at a Chinese stock. Right now, those have been like ruined. And this would be a great opportunity to look at one of these. So if you're a bottom fisher, right? You're trying to catch the, the falling knife. You might be looking at something that's been beat up. Okay. And here's a great example. A stock that just can't get bought. 
it crossed below the 30 here, crossed above the 30 here, and it crossed above the 50 here. All right. So I just want you to know what I'm looking at here. I'm looking right there where it crossed below 30. I'm looking right there where it crossed above 30. And I'm looking right here where it crossed above 50. So there is some, there are some strategies out there where you enter it when it's below the 30. And when it gets up to the 50, you can exit and hopefully for a profit. No guarantees, obviously. So let's do a strategy test and see if this works. Add parameter, condition, indicator, RSI, okay? Crossed above, so crossed up, constant level of 30. Remember, we're trying to catch it as it's going up, out of 30 and up to 50. Add script, add the parameter of, so, so that was our entry, this is our exit criteria, condition, Indicator, RSI. Crossed up, constant level of 50. Now remember, we're trying to catch, we're trying to catch the bottom of this is what we're doing here. If it comes up from the 30 up to the 50, that's all we wanna take. We're not trying to catch a home run, we're just trying to catch that move in the middle there. Hit run. 5%. Okay. That's over the last year. Let's do a thousand candles. I generally like to do a thousand candles because it doesn't go too far back in the past where it's like, you know, 1987 or whatever. And it's pulling in all this data that's not relevant to today. Cause that's what I care more about is what's relevant to today. A year doesn't give you so many occurrences, but a thousand candles, you know, if there's, uh, you know, I think there's 220 trading days a year. So a thousand by 220, that's four and a half years of data. In fact, I think on here probably, yeah, four years of data. This would return positive 13% while the stock has gone down 34%. That's a decent strategy. That's a pretty decent strategy. Keeping the same strategy and moving to a different stock. BAC, Bank of America. Still a decent strategy, 43.87%. Let's move to another stock, Alibaba. So again, this is a bottom fisher type stock. It's been going down. But if you use this strategy, positive 12%. Every strategy can work, but not every strategy works. At some point, you'll find one of these and it doesn't work. It gives you a negative return. Like on Boeing. That was completely happenstance. I did not plan that. <laughs> if you followed the strategy, you would have lost 37%. So even though the price of the stock, which is still loading, went down during that period of 14%, your strategy performed worse. So yeah, that is our RSI example. So when you're doing it, you just got to play. You got to figure it out. Let's see. There we go. Okay. Now, I like to use, and this is completely how I do it, like to the T, the five-day and the 10-day moving averages. 
Oh, hang on. I think I went one slide too far. Yes, okay. So I like to use the five and the 10 day moving averages and I will pull those up just super ultra quick. So let's close this. I'm gonna turn on only the five and only the 10. So the five and the 10 is the blue line, right? Yeah. Okay. Zoom in just a little bit so it's easier to see. I'm not doing a crossover, but you could do a crossover. When I enter a trade, I need to see, in fact, let's go to PG. This is what I'm trading right now. When I enter a trade, I need to see them already crossed over. Not at the crossover point, but they are, are crossed over and are moving in the direction I need to see. So you go to strategy test. And like I say, I've already built these in because this is how I trade. This is where I put my money where my mouth is. And I start at the 10 day. The 10 day, giving it more room. <clears throat> so enter when it's above the EMA of 10, exponential moving average of 10. Enter when it's, or exit when it's below the exponential moving average of 10. Hit run. You can see that has a positive 9.43%. Not huge, but it's positive. And it's tracking inside of that result. A little bit below it at the moment, but still moving in the direction like we talked about, right? Your, uh, your bell curve. We've shifted to a sideways bell curve to a slanted bell curve. And it's moving just like it should. Now, remember, we talked about how you can do the 5 and the 10. So, And that's what I do. I trade either the 5 or the 10 based on the return. So this gets a return of 9.43. If we go to the 5-day, and like I said, I have a template. just makes it easier and faster to throw this up here. It gets a return of 5%. So a return of 9% or a return of 5%. Which would you pick? Obviously, the higher percent, right? So that's what I'm going to trade on. The 10-day moving average. Repeat the process for Under Armour, another trade that I'm in. 163% on the five-day versus 65% on the 10-day. 100 percentage points difference just moving from the 10 to the 5. So which would you choose? Now you can have a whole tool belt of different strategies that you can pull from. For me, like I said, I like to use the five and the 10. I keep it really simple. The longer I've traded, the simpler I've made things. It just makes it so much easier when it's simple. Like I said, start with where you are and then adjust. Figure out what's working for you and for that stock. And then if it is working, continue to do that. If it's not working, adjust. See, oh, mathematically, I see that if I use the five, it gives me a better return than on the 10. I see that if I use the MACD, this gives me a, a, a projection that looks terrible. But if you use the RSI, then it looks great. And that's for you to decide and determine as you go through and figure these out. Now, this will take some time, right? This will be like a Saturday morning project where you're like, okay, I got an hour to spend before the kids get up. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to pull up, you know, I'm going to get a hot pot of coffee as black as night. And uh, I'm going to go through a handful of different strategies that I want to try. Let's just see what happens. And you make notes. And then you improve upon it. 
And then you're starting to gain the edge that we teach. So here, if you want to pause the video, you can pause it and then hit the go live button where you're at right now. It'll shift you up to the live point. Uh, maybe take a screen cap of this. Here are some great moving average signals and why I use them. A five-day strong momentum and a 10-day indicator of the short-term trend. So that's why I go with either of those. A 20-day could be a reversion to the mean of an extended trend. A 50-day is a key support level. If you break the 50-day, don't even look at it. 200-day, a key signal to the end of an uptrend or a downtrend. If it breaks through a 200-day, you got issues. So yeah, this is super useful. Take a screenshot of this. Keep it for later. On Saturday morning, when you're testing these, pull this up and try them out. See what works for you. There's different crossovers here, like Brian was mentioning. Uh, like I said, I don't do the crossover point, and I'll show you why. In fact, I'll show you why, because I did for a while. I promise you I did. But it was on the backside where I got really frustrated by it. Like, let's say if I was following the 10-day, just, just for example, following the 10-day on SPY, and it's going up, and I've seen it cross over at this point, let's call it 4.43. And if I had followed the 10-day here and gotten out at that point, my get out point, if you want to call it that, my exit point would be 448.98. Trying to make that a little easier to see. 448.98. So I'd have kept $5. But if I waited until the following day when the moving averages were crossed over, I would have given up three of my dollars of profits. I still would have been profitable, but I would have given up a lot of the profits that I could have kept if I had only got out just one day earlier. So that's why I don't like to use the crossover point because it, it is a good entry signal. But for me, the exit point of it can very quickly turn around and be really frustrating. I mean, same thing here, right? You could have got out, um, you know, if you were following the five day, for example, at 443, but if you had waited until the crossover happened, it would have been somewhere down at 438. So yeah, just my personal opinion. All right, let's do this. Back to here. But the objective, no matter what strategy you use, is to keep your risk tight and let your profits run. Now, here's where we're going to talk about uh, how to wrongly backtest. The wrong way to backtest. Let's say that you have found... I got to have myself. Here's the biggest risk when you are backtesting is overfitting the backtest. Overfitting means that if you see that it works on the 10, maybe your inclination is let's try the nine. Let's try the eight. Let's try the seven. Let's try the six. Let's try the six and three quarters. Let's try the 12.375, right? That's overfitting the backtest to the point where if you are... If you're trading in that way, you're actually going to be choking down the trade to say, oh, my criteria says it should do this. And if it's not this, then I can't enter it. Whereas 
if you're using something like a five or a 10, a general area, that is giving you a robust back test. That's giving you the ability to say, oh, you know what? This definitely works in this area. Let's fine tune it just a little bit, maybe between the five and the 10. Mm, looks like the five is better. We'll roll with the five. It's not to say, okay, it's this general area. Let me try every single one of these. And it only works on the six and a half. And by God, if it works on the six and a half and it's the best, it shows the best back test to return, then it only can work this way. Overfitting the back test can work, but can also work against you because it's going to limit your opportunities and it's going to force you to believe the trading psychology behind it, right? Because if the if the back test is robust, it's going to work. If the back test is super ultra specified, you're going to think it has to work. There's a huge shift to that. And that's in the trading psychology that you don't get until you actually do it, right? It may be mathematically better, but that doesn't mean that you can't find a better way to trade it. Meaning that if the 7 and the 12 and the 10 all have about the same return, roll with the 10. Because that's going to allow your back test to be robust. Don't only trade on the 7, because if you do and it doesn't work, you're going to be trying to convince the market that it should be doing something else. And that's where a lot of technicians, if you want to call them that, who draw lines on charts, that's where they break down. That's where that process doesn't work. Where if you say it's a bull flag pennant, it's a head and shoulders, it's a staircase to a uh, cup and inverted handle or whatever. And it doesn't do that. A lot of traders will sit there and say, but I drew a cup and handle, it should have performed in this way. But I drew a head and shoulders and it should have done this. If you drew the back test and it doesn't work, you know it didn't work and you just go on. So a couple other risks <clears throat> when you're back testing is giving it one more day. Right? If it doesn't work today, I'm going to give it one more day. Maybe in just another day, everything will come back together and I'll be good to go. You and I both know that that's, that's not a good recipe. That's going to cause issues for you. Or breaking the strategy. This is one I was super guilty of until I was like, ah, if I'm going to say it's going to work this way, then I need to follow my plan. When I teach this to people, I call it the unbreakable trading plan. If your plan is to only trade when it crosses on the 10, and then you're like, well, it's close. Let me do it this way. You've broken your strategy on the entry, on the exit, or both. So if you're going to backtest a strategy, it is imperative that you use that strategy. Otherwise, the backtest is meaningless. And then the final thing is mixing strategies, right? Let's say you get in when you've got a five-day crossover, but then you're going to exit because it's showing a head and shoulders. Or... You've got a 10-day crossover, and it's broken through the 5, and it might be coming down to the 10, so you're going to go ahead and pull out your money, but then it never actually reaches the 10, and then it continues to go on, and you didn't follow your strategy, but you tried to mix in this other one. 
that's another shortcoming of this. So you got to be super on top of your game there. So the key points here are number one, find a winning strategy. Number two, follow the winning strategy. And number three, repeat. So, hey, if this is useful to you or uh, if you have any questions, be sure to spam the chat bot, chat box. That way I know and can help you out with this as well. Uh, I tell you what, we are going to take a quick 60 second intermission. And then uh, we will resume in just a second. Oh, man, all that coffee got to me. <laughs> all right. So. Let's get back into it. It's part of being live. You know, you gotta, you gotta just work with it. Uh, yes, there was a question in the chat. Is the session recorded? Yes, it is. Now, uh, full disclosure, this is going to be available until Monday online live, and then it will be pulled down. And this is going to be inside of the members area for members of the uh, 10 minute trading room. So yeah, it is recorded, but it will be pulled down very soon. All right. So back to this, find a winning strategy, follow that strategy, and repeat. This is our third and final section of today's lesson here. Oh, Mike had a question. PG moved up as you predicted, but there's no volume. I guess people are uninformed about this system. Let's take a look. PG. Um, so you're talking, I assume the volume for today because it's early. I mean, the market's been open for 38 minutes, so it hasn't had a lot of time to go into that. Now, volume is somewhat important to me. I care more about the price. If the price is moving, price is what pays, right? And yeah, it's, it's continuing to do well. My plan on this, since we're talking about it is at the end of the day, if it closes uh, above this blue line, I'll add another unit. And if it doesn't, I'll just wait. Uh, since we're talking about my plan for the day, CVS, which I got in yesterday, is having a down day right now. But I only trade at the end of the day. There's every chance that it might come right back. And you know what else? It totally could come off today, and that's fine. I would much rather be in and out of something that is a loser and move on then hold it for six weeks praying and hoping that it comes back. And Under Armour, that's my other, uh, I only have three on at the moment, I think. And um, this one is performing. It's doing what it's supposed to do. So yeah, on the volume front, I don't worry too much about that. I worry much more about price. Price tells you where, where things are going. And if price is going up, hey, I'm going to go up with it. Thank you, Mike, for that question. Very good question. If you have questions, please, in the chat, uh, put them in there so that I can answer it as we go. Get back to the slides here. Oh, yeah. We're going to find some out-of-control winners and avoid big losers. I mentioned this earlier on, but I, the, the thought of out-of-control winners. The first time I heard that, I was like, whoo, buddy, I could take one of those. I think it was in uh, Michael Covell's Trend Trading book, which... Um, I would really highly suggest you pick that up. Now, uh, I think it's on its like sixth version and or sixth uh, sixth edition. 
my I have I own two of them. Of the two, I feel like the 2004 version is better. It's easier uh, to read. And if you have an Audible account, pick it up on Audible because you don't necessarily need uh, all of the charts and everything with it because he explains it so well and in depth. But do both. I mean, that's what I do. Uh, I kid you not. I was reading a book today on Audible, listening to it, which is the author reading to you, which is really cool, and actually reading the physical book. So yeah, worth the extra 15 bucks, in my opinion. Uh, Mike, you are very welcome. Uh, Kiran Kumar, give me two seconds here. I'm going to lift the veil. This is behind the scenes. Are you ready? So I, I, I record this in my library at home. And my library is literally right behind me. I have a green screen right here. And there's, I have shelves and shelves and shelves of trading books behind the scenes curtains here. I'm going to grab it for you. I really prefer the green screen because I, I think you can just do so much more with it, obviously. Uh, okay. So the book you're looking for is called Trend Following. Grab this one. Uh, I paid $9 for this at Half Price Books. This is the 2004 version. I also have this one, which is his most recent version. And I don't like it as much. It's not as easy to read. So go for the 2004 version. As you can see, I have made copious notes in here. And this is how I trade. Hang on. I think I just saw something in here. Yeah, this is how I trade. In a nutshell, this is my favorite thing about trading. Are you ready? The stock price. I should have this like as a quote card somewhere with like my face on it, right? The price can go from five to a hundred and you can get on anywhere in between five and a hundred. But you just got to know where you're going to get off. And that's part of the unbreakable trading plan I told you about and knowing how much risk you're going to take. So if it's at 25, get in. Why not? But if it goes to 23, if that's your risk point, jump out. If it's a 47, get in. Why not? It's going up. But if your risk point is in check, you should be fine. And I don't mean to say that all flippantly as the word. But just like my PG example here, right? It crossed over on the 10-day back here in October. And I just got in on it uh, last week, and it's still going. You can get in when it's going from 5 to 100 at any point. You just got to know when you're going to get out. In a nutshell, that's how to be successful in trading. In fact, I have an interview that airs today. As I'm recording this, it will air uh, with Market Wizard Tom Basso. And in my conversation with him, we were talking and he was telling me how they had a random entry model that would still be profitable on any random entry. The key was the risk, was keeping the risk in check. So when it was wrong, it only lost a little bit. When it was right, it won huge. Kind of like finding out of control winners and avoiding big losers. How about that segue? That was pretty good, actually. This is the dream scenario. You know this. 
this is what you wanted to be as a trader, right? You wanted to find those big winners and avoid those uh, big losers. You want to have them run out of control. And you know what? You can do it. I believe in you. Plus, I know you can't because of math. All right. Let's go back to our five and 10 day moving average examples. I kind of was already doing it just a minute ago. Let's say that you're trading on the 10 day blue line. I'm going to remove everything else. If you're trading on the blue line and you see that it's going up, you can let it ride on that blue line as long as you want. In fact, hang on, let me make this bigger. As long as it's continuing to move this direction, let it work. The trend is your friend until it bends. Remember that. And every once in a while, you'll get into a point where it gets choppy. Hopefully you're not trading this, but if you are, it happens. You'll get in because it crosses over, let's say at 141, and you'll get out because it crosses under at 143. You'll get in because it crosses over at 143. You'll get out because it crosses under at 144. But when you do this, let's go to SPY. This will be very useful to you in about two seconds. You can avoid the big losers. You can avoid the crashes because you're going to keep your risk tight and let your profits run. Here we go. You ready? This is going to be a good one. I was preparing for this. Let's take off this. One simple line. That's all the YouTube ads say. Okay. Now we're, we, we just went in a time machine. We're back in time. We're back in October of 2020. 2019. Take that back. 2019. The market can't be stopped. It's going up. It's going up. It's going up. Your winners, they're running out of control. But every once in a while, oh, okay, we got to get out. No big deal. And we get back in. And our winners are going to continue to run out of control. Out of control. Out of control. Oh, oh, we're going to get out here. No problem. Keep in mind, you, you can't see this. You can't see the future on this, right? Let's, let's do this. You can't see this part. Hang on. All right. So, so we're here. Everything's great. Our winners are going. It's awesome. One day. Oh, you know what? Let's get out. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. The price is below our 10-day. We're keeping our risk in check. Oh, oh my God. Oh, 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 the world just shut down. Everyone is in lockdown. The world is ending. The corona crash has happened. The market's down 35%. Oh my gosh, I have to move the chart. It's down so much. Oh, geez. What have we done? Yet you're on the sidelines like, that's okay with me. Your winners are running. You let them run. You let them do what they're going to do. You kept your losers small. You want you know what ran out of control was not your losers. It was your winners. Keep your risk tight and let your profits run. Because you and I, we both know 
that there was somebody here who sold thinking they were genius. In fact, I know a person who did that. I was bragging about how they sold on the way down. When somebody like you and me, because we know how to do this, we sold way up here. We avoided all of that. And we actually did. I stopped trading on February 28th. Or was it 18th? Must have been the 18th. Because 28th was way down there. Stopped trading on February 20, February 18th. I didn't start trading again until April. I avoided all of that. And you can too. It's not hard. When I tell people that you can see this coming beforehand, they think I'm lying or they don't believe me. But you can see this coming beforehand. There was a lot of stuff breaking down before the market broke down. If you were in individual stocks, in fact, let's see. I hope it goes to that same time point. I'm going to pick something random. Uh, Nike. I got to move it real quick. Hang on. I was hoping it would go right to that same point. Where is this at? Here. Hmm. Nike was also doing the breakdown. Let's look at Morgan Stanley. Oh, Morgan Stanley. Sounds like a very stuffy name. Morgan Stanley was breaking down before the market broke down. You're not a fortune teller. I don't want you to be a fortune teller. But what you just learned right now, some people would say it's fortune telling. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that every time it breaks below there is going to be a huge crash. No. But you know better now that your risk has to be in check because if you do let it go, even though it has bounced back, the next time it goes below, it might exactly do this. That's why you have to keep your risk tight and let your profits run. Now, I promised to talk more about this earlier. A low win rate can still have massive profits. When I first learned how to trade, it was uh, from people who are on the internet, like myself. But their whole thing is taking huge risk for small returns, like risking, we'll use round numbers, risking $400 to make $100. And if you lost on that $400, it would take you four more perfect trades to get back just a break even. But in their minds, that was okay. Because you had a 60, 70, 80% win rate. And I'm going to tell you, that's not okay. Because it messes with your head. You lose your trading psychology with it. Now you have an uphill battle to fight every time you lose a trade. You have to win four more just to get back to break even. Nah. That's not the way you make money. 
So in this little table here, if you're risking two to make one, you need a 67% win rate to break even. But if you're risking one to make two, you only need a 34% win rate to break even. This is what most online gurus out there will try and tell you. You need a high win rate. I'll teach you the this strategy that has a 75% win rate. But that one time you don't win, and you, you lose not two, but three or four or eight or 10 just to make one, you're going to really start doubting how this works. I went years. God, if I knew how to trade now the way I did years ago, things would be different. Very different. But I call that my Wall Street tuition. And I hope by you watching this, you are getting your Wall Street tuition so that you don't make the same mistakes I did. Because this is how I trade. I don't even risk one, right? I will risk like 0.28 or something very small like that with the objective to get a reward of one, 150, 175, two. Keep your risk really tight and let your profits run. Sounds like this. Keep your risk tight and let your profits run. It's... These uh, adages are cliches because they're proven to work. Mark Minervini, who we talked about earlier, when he was interviewed for Stock Market Wizards by Jack Schwager, uh, Jack actually stopped their interview at one point and he said, Mark, you're just saying the same thing that all the other traders are saying. What's unique about you? And he goes, I'm saying the same thing because that's how you trade, because that's how you are successful. So yeah. All right. Here's a really fun example. So this is AMD. We talked about AMD earlier on the uh, standard distribution, the bell curve example. On that same back test, I highlighted down here the results. Oh, hang on. One of my slides got misplaced. Where did it go? Two seconds here. There it is. That's better. The strategy, which was nothing more than a 10-day crossover, yielded a 234% win rate. Even though the stock went up that much, you can't control what the stock will do. You can only control what your strategy does. It's at a 33% win rate. Okay, think about this. 33% win rate. The average win was 11%. The average loss was 3%. So you could even lose more and just break even. You could lose four times in a row. Four negative threes to equal one. We're rounding up here. One positive 12. So you don't need a high win rate. What you need is to have your profits be so much bigger and your losses be so much smaller. That's the real way to trade. 
So why in the world would I spend my time backtesting a strategy? So you can expect, so you can expect what the stock will do. Like this. This breaks a lot of people's brains. But not yours, because now you know better. We talked about the right and the wrong way to backtest. And we showed how any strategy can work, but not every strategy works. Here's this example here. If you didn't take a screenshot of it earlier, go ahead and do one now, because you're going to need it. I showed you how to find out of control winners and avoid the big losers. You got to keep your profits or you got to keep your risk tight and let your profits run. Just like this example here. So this has been awesome, right? And now do you understand the power that you have here, right? Do you understand why we do this? Do you understand how this all fits together? Right. Do you understand how to be successful in trading? I think this is a huge yes for you. Let me ask you a question. Do you want my help in doing this? Do you want me to help you implement this? Do you want me to help you take the guesswork out of trading? Because I can assume the answer is yes. So you came here to find out how to get a 100% plus winner. And we, we cover that over and over and over. And I show you so many examples of that. And this is exactly how we trade. And I've shown you exactly how. Now in the chat box, type in yes. Type yes right now. If you're ready to take this to the next level. Because I know you are. We're ready to take this to the next level. So let's type in yes. And, and let me show you something cool. I've got a massive opportunity for you and you will finally live the life you always dreamed being a trader would be and I'm gonna give it to you for free why in the world would I do that well it's because it's a blatant bribe I'm not even going to sugarcoat it I'm trying to bribe you to try my new coaching program called the 10 minute trading room and in the 10 minute trading room we have daily live video calls I will send you our daily video trade alerts I'll send you everything in our portfolio and all the updates that we make. I'll send you our daily market analysis. I'll send you our daily trade setups and I'll send you our daily trading psychology. Everything we trade, you and I, we can trade it together. It's like getting a call from me personally every trading day with what we're trading and why we are trading it every trading day. Plus every other Friday, I'm going to be holding live training sessions. And that's going to be just like what you're watching right now. We'll be building new trading courses together. And the reason we want to do that together is we'll be using your questions and finding the best answers. And these courses, they'll be available for members only. Plus, you can watch me personally showing you how to use these lessons in your trading. And you can ask as many questions as you need. You're going to get it all. I'm going to show you what's working in today's markets. And it's like an up to the minute field report sent straight from the front lines of the cutting edge of trading. And then I'm going to show you how to model it in your trading fast. The only way to have access like this will be if you worked in my office with me shoulder to shoulder every day.
so you're probably wondering about the cost. Now, as a member of the 10 minute trading room, you're gonna get everything. You're gonna get the live video trade alerts, the live market analysis, the live portfolio analysis, the live new trade setups, the live trading psychology, all of that's included, plus the live training and Q&A calls, the live look over your shoulder trading setups, the live trading courses built with your questions and your answers. That way you are confident in what we're talking about. And all of that's included for just $147 per month. There's no contract and you can cancel at any time. Plus, I'll even give you the AI stock trading system course, our real trades case study course, and our bullish, bearish, and neutral option strategy courses, all for free. You're gonna get the daily video trade alerts and portfolio updates. You're gonna get the live training and Q&A calls. You're gonna get the full catalog of our best-selling courses. And best of all, you're gonna get access to a private members-only chat rooms. And that total value is $5,488. But of course you're not gonna pay $5,488 for it. But it's $5,488 worth of training. And it's yours for free just by becoming a member. Now, let's talk about the membership dues. Like I said, it's $147 a month. That's not prohibitively expensive, but it's enough to keep the freebie-seeking knuckleheads at bay, right? But for the right person, this membership should pay you. So think about this. Would it be worth $147 to have me show you every single entry and every single exit point that we trade for an entire month? Don't you think that if you develop the trades like I created, you'd get the same results that I do? Now, if you're like most people, you tell me you'd probably pay for your membership several years over with just one of the proceeds from potentially one trade. And you probably tell me that everything else after that would just be gravy. And that's why I'm sending you our total trading system every month. I want you to make this an absolute no-brainer for you. Plus, I take a lot of pride in helping members win big and avoid those big losers too. So think about it this way. Would it be worth $147 for you to come spend an entire month looking over my shoulder, having me walk you through every entry, exit, and why? Personally showing you what's working and what's not. The daily trade alerts are meant to give you that same experience. And here's something else to consider. Would it be worth $147 to jump online with me twice a month to get all your trading questions answered? That's what we do in the live training and Q&A calls. Plus, you can see your fellow members and get ideas from what's working for them as well. Now, if any of those scenarios sound like they might be valuable to you, then this is a no-brainer, of course. And now, that's why you should accept my bribe to become a member today. Remember, there is no contract and you can cancel at any time. Plus, you can keep the AI stock trading system course. You can keep the real trades case study course. You can keep the bullish, bearish, and neutral options trading courses all for free. And here's something interesting about the cost of the membership. So if you do the math, it's $4.90 a day. So if you do a Google search for what can $4.90 buy you, the best answer I found was five apples. So which would you rather have, five apples or a ready-to-go trading strategy personally created by me every month? So let's face it, $4.90 isn't going to change your life. 
let's be honest here. But the work that we do together can change everything. So accept my generous bribe and become a member today. You'll be a part of a small group of high performers across the world that share valuable information that the rest of the planet never discovers. You'll discover the latest cutting edge trading tactics and strategies before anyone else has any idea what hit them. And you'll be able to take our trade ideas and plug them in to your account effortlessly. Plus, you get to connect with me and your fellow members every other week on live video calls. So you can gain the help, the guidance, and the focus that you need. So take this offer and become a member today. Remember, you're under no obligation to remain a member, and you can cancel at any time, and you can keep all the gifts for free. Hey, speaking of gifts, there's one more thing I want to show you. How about 12 trading books? I'm going to give that to you for free. You know what? That's not enough. How about 12 trading books and the audiobooks to go with that? No, 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 no. I'm not even done yet. How about all of that plus our top stocks list? You can get all that for free today inside the 10-Minute Trading Room. So let's get started. 10MinuteTradingRoom.com and let's get started right now. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10MinuteStockTrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.